everyone. Welcome to Noisy Narratives, the podcast where we cut through the noise of our lives and get to the heart of what really matters. I am Debbie Vallejo, and I am here today with Christy Williams, Kip Watson, and we have Kip with us today. We're so excited to have her here. She's going to um, discuss a myriad of topics with us, but I'm going to let Christy introduce her mm-hmm. so then we can get started. Mm-hmm. Kip is a sports psychologist, mm-hmm. certified high performance coach, licensed professional counselor, Supervisor, speaker, former pro athlete, mom of two, and a fashion lover. I like that. I love yeah, that. I got to get good. the fashion in there. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> Show your girly side a little That's bit here right. and there, and yes. I get it. And Kip and I know each other from um, my days coaching volleyball, yeah. where her daughter went to school. And my first memory of you is um, when I first started, and you came into the locker room, and you were like, hey, I'm Kip. And I was like, hey, okay. And you're writing an article about um, oh, yeah. maybe me. I me was. coming. Right. Yeah. That's true. And you right. asked a question that I had never been asked before. And you were like, what is your life verse? Oh. And I was like, oh, what? what? Oh, this is that story. Yeah. I remember you sharing uh-huh. this. Somebody and I was said, like, what is your life verse? verse? Like, yeah. oh, my gosh. My life is all over the place. That, yeah. Well, it's a great question. And then I decided that. <laughs> I'm never going to have a life verse because I can't pick one. And I feel like my life is all over the place at different times. So I have different verses for different seasons. Mm -hmm. But it was so interesting to me because it was such a great question. that I was like, huh, okay, I'm going to have to think about that. And -hmm. it was good. It turned into a good conversation. And then um, got to see McKenna and get to know her from um, school. And then um, you and I had a fun exchange, I guess you could say, over some stuff that the school decided to do at the time regarding tryouts and who made it and who didn't make it. Yeah. And then I'm going to let you go ahead and (laughs) zone in on that one for a little bit because it's a great segue into how we handle struggles with our kids. Well, and that... And hardships. Yeah. So I think one thing that I'm definitely seeing like among parents and teens is that unwillingness to let our kids struggle. And that was a, a moment with my daughter. I don't know. I think she was in seventh or eighth grade at the time. And um, she ha- really wanted to make the volleyball team, right? Mm-hmm. Great, supportive, go for it. Um, and she ended up being uh, one of two alternates mm-hmm. who, who was asked to serve as team manager. You can come, practice, work mm-hmm. on your skills, get better, but you're not a team member yet. But mm-hmm. at least that would give you the opportunity to do that. And within 24 hours. Mm. It was a firestorm. Ugh. It was so bad. Within 24 hours, I get notified, oh, no, everybody's on the team. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? No, that can't be. You've just killed the life lesson that I've been trying to teach my daughter, right? Because we had all the boo-hoos, mm-hmm. but then we had we had grown to this acceptance yes. that that we can get better and we can work hard and be a part of the, you know, the team, but in a different role. Mm-hmm. And then that got all just cut out from underneath mm-hmm. me because I wanted her to go through that to really work hard and then try again. And so I went to the coach and I went to the athletic director and I'm like, this is wrong. Why are you doing this? You even went to the headmaster. Yeah. And what I was told was that a parent had complained. And so just to make it easy and fair, everyone's on the team. Nailed it. Hate that. Hate it. Hate it. Mm Mm-hmm. And this is your daughter's. Correct. Yeah. I'm actually, like, my daughter didn't make it. I didn't want her to make it. Yeah. Right? If she wasn't chosen, there was a reason why Mm -hmm. she wasn't chosen. Mm -hmm. And if it's a goal of hers, then go talk to the coach, find out why. Get better. Work hard. Let let her know, him or Mm -hmm. her know, like, here's my goal. What do you need to see out of me in order to make it? I advise every athlete from professional to Olympic to an eighth grader Mm -hmm. to have that conversation. If you're not getting what you want, you got to know what they're looking for. Right. And that attitude of learning is something a coach wants to see. And the attitude of communication. Yeah. Like communicate relationship. And so 
I just was really mad. And you're right. I wrote an email. Uh-huh. I, <laughs> I, remember, and I remember being like, I love her. I love this mother. Her daughter's going to be amazing. She's going to be strong. It might stink right now, but she has her head on right because parents yeah. don't think that way. And they didn't think back they that don't. way back then, and they really don't think that way now. Because no. this wasn't that long ago, right? How far no, ago? Now it's about 10, yeah, 10, 10 years, years ago. ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, still, I beginning. wonder what that coach was thinking, like, this mom is mad because her kid made the well, team. Now. I will like, say I the coach awesome. actually was supportive of yeah, me. She, and, I'm and, sure. and same with the athletic director, actually. Yes. They were like, you're right, you're right. That's just not an email you're they typically right. get. Well, it was a headmaster that just stepped in and said, this is what we're I don't do. know who the decision maker was, but I would tell you that like both the coach and the athletic director at the time yeah. were very supportive of mm-hmm. my position. Yes. So, yes, I figured it came from, okay, beyond that, yeah, yeah. somewhere. And, and that's a problem because now we care. This is, oh, go there, kid. Trend moment. This is, this is what I'm seeing universally, not just in this particular situation, but we care more about the offended person than allowing suffering and hard work to get where we want to go. So we're going to take care of the offended person. Instead of allowing suffering, which is a good thing. And statistically speaking, it's the number one reason why people do not reach their goals is they're not willing to struggle. So we're raising generations of people. I I mean, they're pansies. They're mentally soft. They don't know how to do hard things. Even typical daily hard work, like mm-hmm. being challenged from a coach. When I do coaches workshops, they're like, it's getting harder and harder to challenge my athletes because I'm going to get a parent in my office. Yes. And, I mean, and that's they fear true their teachers. job, right? It, they fear yes. their job, which isn't right either. Those coaches should be allowed to challenge, not abuse, but challenge. Because that's true with academics even, right? I mean, Absolutely. like teachers are afraid teachers, to push the kids. Coaches. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, sadly, parents are afraid because of a response of a, a child. But doesn't start with the parents too. start with the home life. So then the parents, I mean, you're getting the emails from the parents as a coach or an educator going, well, why would my kid get an F? Well, cause they didn't do all their work or they didn't, Clearly, know, the they didn't know the material <laughs> yeah, or they didn't make the team. Well, they when working well, there's other, and sometimes you have to think and help them rephrase. This is not about your kid. This is actually that everybody else is just better. Your kid's fine, but there are other humans that are just do the job better. That right. know the sport better, that have the skill better. Right. Your kid's just not at that point. But we right. so focus so much on our own kid that we have to see the big picture. And so we do you find that. then that part of the issues that just that comparison itself is what people have decided they don't like? Oh, comparison is deadly. Yeah, comparing yourself to others and finding yourself not being as good now is just wrong. Correct. It is deadly to what I call confidence. So instead of comparing, I teach my athletes to learn. What you got to learn is different than what she's got to learn. It's different than what she's got to learn. So you're actually more, what you're saying then is don't compare yourself to people. It's the standard that that thing wants from you to produce. And so you're saying this is the gap you have to get to this Well, perhaps that's it. Yeah. Um, What I find is when most people compare, they do that. That's what they do. Well, I'm not as good as, or she's better than. Or he's got something I don't. And it, it, you're focusing on something outside of your control. I don't control what she does. The person in front of me, behind me, beside me. I just control myself. And so, yes, it's important I understand from the coach or the teacher. Like, what do I need to work on? Like, why did that person make it and I did not? Like, is that? Well, and that could be it, right? Mm -hmm. A skill difference, attitude difference. Mm-hmm. I think one of um, I'm kind of picking on my daughter here, but you know, one of her basketball coaches was like, "Your attitude stinks, right? You you get that mopey, like I'm not as good as thing going on, and um, like you're you're a great athlete, hard worker, but the attitude needs to shift, right?" And I think people forget, or parents forget, like that's a part of the evaluation process. Right. Is 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 this person going to contaminate the team environment or are they going to contribute to the team environment? They may not be as skilled, but I love their energy. 
I love their attitude. And every team needs that person. So, And you need the, the – um, there was a girl one time that played our team. Was a was a decent team. But there was one girl, her skill level was not the best at all. But her personality, her ability to be like, let's go, we can do it. The right. cheerleader on the court. And yeah. she never came off court. And people would be like, why does she never come off court? And I was like, look at her. She's amazing. She keeps the team mentality yeah. up all the time. So no one can go down and implode on themselves. Right. Because she's constantly like, let's go, let's go. Yeah. And so I think we forget about that. How do you help parents, um, moms in particularly, with training more confident kids or working with them or helping them get out of the rut, however you want to work. Building them. endurance, all the above. Yeah. Um, I would say two things. One, stop rescuing them. Stop doing things for them. But, Kip, if I don't, then they might fail. Um, Kip, and if I don't. And that would be a good thing. They're going to be late to class. And, uh, Kip, I mean, like, right? You hear it all the time. I do hear it all the time. And I'm like, and your point would be. Exactly. Like, let them fail. I remember. But it looks bad on me and my husband and their dad. What? Well, you got a pride <laughs> problem then. <laughs> now let's schedule Schedule your appointment. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm, we have a problem. Well, actually, just last night, I had a crisis call with a mom of a 21-year-old dealing with the same thing. And, and I confronted her. I said, part of your anxiety is anger is because you believe your son is now a direct reflection on you and your parenting. Oh. How long did she come out of that quiet whisper? Time? Actually, she took it very well. Oh, that's But good. it was hard to hear. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, it is okay for your kids to fail. Actually, that's the goal. You want them mm-hmm. to fail, to forget. And you don't want to rescue them from that. You will be crippling their sense of confidence if you do that. Quick examples of, I remember Josh forgot his band instrument one day. Mom, can you bring me? I said, nope. Mm -mm. (gasps) But the teacher, and I'm like, yep. And he never forgot it again. No, no. I went through the same thing with my kids. I did the same thing. Josh never forgot his band instrument again. No. So that was a, a lesson well learned. Yes, and and probably I, I would say a defining moment for him, which I see this all the time, especially with introverted kids, really introverted kids, is they there's a struggle there with social anxiety that's really common. It doesn't mean that there's something wrong with them. Anxiety, yeah. right? That's a normal human feeling, but they gotta learn how to manage it to where it's not destructive to self or the relationships they're in. And do you feel like parents, even when they're helping their kid through that, they expect to help them through it and then it's just fixed? Like they won't have issues with it again instead of getting that, hey, this may take years for somebody to work to. Well, that's a, that's a good point. I think so. Or they think that they, they think it's a good thing that they're rescuing them or keeping them from that anxiety. They like that. Yeah. Which is not good. Mm -hmm. But so many women, I will say, want to rescue them because they've been there. And they had it, and they hate it. Like mm. I've heard people say, "Well, Hello, I don't." That yeah. was me for sure. Yes. I'm an introvert. Yes, <laughs> they're like, but, but I don't want yeah. my daughter to go through that. It was horrible. I went through that. Yeah. But what if? Why don't you want something better for your kid? Right. So you went through it. So why not like change it? And the sense of like, you're here to help her. You're here to help him. But they think something better for their kid means avoiding it altogether, yeah. right? Versus not. helping them walk yeah, through it, exactly. deal with it, manage yeah. it, learn, exactly. grow. So then what do you tell parents then if they're, you're like, this is a lifeline. So you're teaching parents skills then you have to, right. On how to walk their kid through that. So how would you, what advice would you give a mom that's trying to walk their kid Embrace through Embrace the struggle. There was a, so Josh, very introverted, my son, two years younger than McKenna. And he, he struggled with like, even just eyes up looking directly at the adult, you know, just pretty severe anxiety in dealing with interacting with adults. He was maybe eight or nine years old and we're in a busy airport, DFW, busy airport. And he's like, mom, can I get a sandwich? And I'm like, sure, here's, here's the money. I'll be right here. Go get it. (gasps) Right. (laughs) He didn't want to go up. He didn't want to do it. I mean, tears rolling down this eight year olds, you know, and he's like, Please, you know, can you do it? I don't. Uh, for 10 minutes, right? 
the kid is suffering mm-hmm. with anxiety. His body's shaking. He's crying. I just didn't move, right? I didn't move. I didn't encourage him. I didn't discourage him. About 10 minutes later, he walked over there through the busy airport, right? Got his sandwich and came back. The smile on yeah. that kid's face. Yeah. yeah. He was so proud of himself. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I was like, keep, you know, keep the money. Yeah. <laughs> right? I'm proud of you too, buddy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, um... You know, that was really the start of him being able to do things like that. Yeah. Um, where I could have crippled him if I had, like, oh, no, it's okay. Oh, I can see you're anxious. Oh, I'll do it for you. Like, don't worry. I'll get and it. And see, even that point of, too, if you were to look at him and say, see, I told you you could do it. You're actually robbing him of his success, just like you'd rob him of the anxiety if you did it for him, right? Correct. So even that, like, I yeah. love the way you were like... Good job. I'm proud of you too. And that's it. You move on. You go forward. You yeah. let him feel and own it. And yeah. then both sides, the anxiety belongs to him and the success belongs to him too, right? It's his. Well, and I, I think too, a lot of these experiences, people still think of confidence as a feeling. Yeah. It's not true. a feeling. Oh, explain that. You got to get into that now. Why are you making weird faces when you because say that, Kip? People no are can like, see your face. Right. No. I like what that. What do you mean? I want confidence you to is not a feeling. Go more. We say must it all the time. more. Like, I don't feel confident. I'm like, well, good. It's not a feeling. Okay. You got to go. Go specifics. Come on. It is a belief. Like that. Okay. Confidence is a belief. The feeling you have is doubt. Like, I doubt my ability to do that. Or I doubt that I can figure it out. And people tend to tie confidence with this belief. I can do it or, or I can't do it. Rather than what we've all heard of now is a growth mindset, right? I believe in my ability to figure it out. Do I need a skill? Do I need knowledge? Do I need mentoring? Do I need, what do I need to figure it out? I believe I can figure it out. I got the confidence I can figure but I can't do it yet. Yet. Yeah. Yet. So that, that changes your interpretation then of everything. It changes the interpretation of everything, yeah. right? It's a belief. Not a feeling, but it's very common when we pursue things to have both a negative and a positive feeling. Like, I may have doubt, and yet I'm determined. They'll coexist because it's coming from a place of confidence or belief that I can figure it out. Does that make sense? Totally. How do you help your kids believe that they can figure it out? How do I help them believe they can figure it out? Well, by not, tools, re- you could help. Well, not rescuing, not rescuing, letting them struggle, letting them suffer, letting them fail. Is it okay to say a kid is struggling and to look at them and go, I see that you're struggling and you're going to stay. You, you've got to figure this out. I believe you can figure this out. You need to wrestle with these feelings, emotions, whatever it looks like. But is that okay for a parent to say that to a kid? Yes, absolutely is okay. And just kind of watch them struggle with it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like, and or once you've, you know, if they're really emotionally upset, right? It, it Like you can't have a conversation with somebody mm-hmm. who's wailing hysterically. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's like, okay, you know, once you collect yourself, then let's have a conversation about this. Mm-hmm. Um, but so what, you know, a lot of young people like learning to emotionally control themselves. I'm I sorry, can, say that again? Yeah. What? I'm sorry, excuse me. <laughs> Foreign concept, right, right. warning. Yeah. Uh, but yes, it is uh, a emotional control, right? It's something a young person is learning, right? It's a life skill. And so I got to help them l- learn how to know what they're feeling, identify it, but then be able to, to manage it. And, you know. So one of the repercussions of not building the endurance, as you said... Is a lack of emotional control? Can be. Yeah. Because is that, do you think that's foreign to parents? They're like, I'm helping my kids avoid the hard stuff. So they think that helps with emotional control, but it actually does the, it does the opposite. Right. How are you? So you're saying they're stunting their emotional growth gross. by being like, don't do that. Yes. Stop that. Or you're acting like, you know, like at our house, I will tell my kids, you're acting like a fool. Oh, I've said that too. Yeah, you're acting like a fool. You're 17 and you're throwing a tantrum like you're four. Yes. Like, I remember this when you didn't get to watch Rudolph. Like, what are you doing? Yes. But when the kid was four, I never looked at him. Okay, we have different parenting styles, but I get, I get what you're, I get where you're going. No, that's what I would do. But when my kid was four, I never said, you're acting like you're two. I was like, this is a behavior a four year old acts. 
I'm going to help you work out of this. Mm, but when yes. they're 17, it's yeah, not you're like, mm, no, sorry, <laughs> this is not, we're regressing. So then yeah, you, you, you but that means you've identified it. So what do you do then to walk them through it? 17 is a lot different than walking it through with the four-year-old. What's well, that's a junior high? 17. I'm just kidding. I'd love to hear. How do you work through junior high okay, emotions? Junior high. Can we go to Christy junior has high? Specific, I have specific needs on this one. <laughs> see. Are we now in session? We are. We are. We are now in session. <laughs> Well, you know, with kids, but even my professionals, um, confidence is tied to the things that you have control over. So there it's, it's very not easy. It's easy. I guess it's it's easy for me, but like when somebody, whether it's an adult or whether it's a junior high kid, if, if I'm entering into a conversation and I'm emotionally roused up, I, I got to go ahead and write down what it is that I'm saying to myself. Mm-hmm. And I got to figure out whether that's truth or lie. So mm-hmm. your self-talk. Break down your self-talk. You do. And I got four questions for that. Like, write it down. And then you got to ask yourself, is that really true? Like, my coach hates me. They don't give me playtime. Oh, uh, that's the worst. Right? Well, that. is that really true? And then you have to go through the process of figuring out if it's true or not. It's a well, real easy process. It is, a, it, <laughs> it's so it, easy. it is an easy process when you actually identify it. And then, like, whether it's anxiety or anger or sadness, there's something you want you're not getting. So that's the second question. Totally. What do you want you're not getting? Well, I want playtime. Well, okay. Is that reasonable? Yeah. Is that Kids are great at evaluating they their are. own school. If parents wouldn't interject anything, <laughs> right? Kids are so good and they're so clear-headed. It's the dang parents Correct. that muddy the water for the kids to evaluate themselves because they know. But but these questions actually work for the parents. They, I, they, I like, totally agree. I want. I want. They. Want, I want playtime. Is that reasonable and possible? Sure. Sure. Do you control it? Oh, and there it is. There it is. Right. I don't. I don't control my coach. Mm-hmm. Don't control the parent. I don't control the outcome of a game. I'm a piece of it, but no, I'm not at all. Right? So I then mean, it becomes, confidence comes from the things that you have control over. Effort. And attitude. Learning. And what I call mistake recovery. Say that again? Mistake, mistake recovery. recovery. Which is big every, in ever, all things, not just sports. Correct. Correct. So if you do not control the outcome you want, then... You may move into the skill of influence, right? I can influence a coach, mm-hmm. but I can't control Absolutely. Her, him or her. Um, if I do control what I want, then I go take that action, whatever it is. We'll go talk to the coach. Right? Have a conversation. But the coach is scary. And the coach doesn't like me, remember? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, it can become very circular, too. Like, unless a clear-headed is parent can really? interject and be like, no, the coach is a human. The coach is an adult. We're going to give the coach credit, like... You can go talk. It's an actual human. Oh, and some of them actually are parents. So they have kids. They might be like, oh. But you identified one of the biggest anxieties that a young athlete has is talking to the coach, which yes. is, yeah, I'm like, so foreign. where did that come yes. from? Yes. I was like fighting with my coach and talking yeah. to my coach and then, you know, crying with my uh-huh. coach. And like I had great connections with several of my coaches. Were there some I was afraid of? Absolutely. But just different styles of coaching. I do though feel like sometimes athletes fear is their go-to. I'm afraid to do this for lack of confidence, but they look at something as this big mean monster in the corner. And it's like, no, it's, it's a human there. It's okay. Right. And what's the worst thing that could happen if you go talk to your coach? Well, won't get any playing time. Well, that's, you're already there. So you're fine. You're, you can, you're, you're doing great. Well, one, one of my athletes, this, I guess it was last week got switched out at libero Mm -hmm. um and she was too terrified to go talk to the coach about it Mm. she's losing so much right there Mm -hmm. or losing growth losing confidence huge anxiety problem and to the point where she wanted to quit i said no that's not an option and thankfully her parents were backing me up on that Mm -hmm. um i'm like you will go to practice um you will (laughs) yeah that's right that's (laughs) right yes um, and even though you're not libero anymore, you're going to go there and give 100% effort. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, we had the conversation of, 
she was so thankful she didn't quit, right? There was so much less pressure, which she liked, but like dealing with a lot of anxiety, unwilling to talk to the coach. So that's what we spent a majority of the session is teaching her how to speak to a coach, even though you're afraid and what to put in place. Cause the coach opened the door and she didn't take it. Oh. Right. So it's a, a situation where we end up lying to avoid the conflict mm-hmm. because we're so anxious. And I'm like, that's unacceptable. So now we're going to go round two. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and you're going to, she's now written out ahead of time what she wants to say to the coach. And we now have positioned a parent just outside the door just for support and accountability. Like you're not chickening out of it now. Oh, I like that. The parent's not going to go in the gym with you. Good. Right? But the parent's going to be there, so you mm-hmm. can't wiggle out of it. Is this like a high school kid or like a college kid? It is a freshman. Freshman, so high yep. school. Okay. Because mm-hmm. that seems reasonable Two to plays. say parent go and be accountable. But as a senior, your parents should oh. not be sitting outside no, the no, door. No, no, yeah, no. I would not allow okay. that as yeah. a senior. Yeah. But we're trans. She's on. This is the first time she's played club and school. Mm-hmm. And so she's really been struggling with the le- higher level of yeah. competition. Yeah. So. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Okay. So confidence is not an emotion. No. It's a belief. That's a big nugget. Is, it, it, is that, is that think, like born? I think it is just, well, I think because I, I feel like a lot of times what we do. <laughs> we don't think people listen and they do. Yes. I feel like, especially females, because so many things are tied to our emotions. But also just in how we think emotions are created in the first place. We've been talking about this a lot in some of our women's groups because we tend to think something happens and it creates the emotion versus the fact that our emotions created on based on our, how we interpret what happened. And then our interpretation of it's based on our beliefs. It's based on the things we believe. Your sin nature affects your belief system and it affects your feelings too. Yeah. Always. So many therapists mm-hmm. and people who do what I do will be like, Oh, well your emotions aren't right or wrong. They just are. And I'm like, they tell you something. BS. I would agree. Yes. They tell you something every time they reveal yes. what you think. And, and beyond thinking, this is the harder part. Go deeper than that. That's right. What is the motive? Mm-hmm. Maybe you're worshiping something you shouldn't be worshiping. <laughs> the motive, especially mm-hmm. if it's anxiety, right? Maybe I'm worshiping, worshiping the motive of comfort, security. Um, I want it to be easy. I want to be liked, mm-hmm. right? I want to have a good reputation. And all of those things are normal human motives. But maybe that now matters more to you than doing the right thing. Yeah. So I mean, it's that, I, mean, I think it's that part you're talking about. And then the, the discussion you had about control, the things I control, the things I don't yeah, control. And a lot of times we believe we control so much more than we really do. Yes. And that leads us to just a really bad place because we end up either manipulating or trying to control forcing things in different it. way, forcing yeah. things, you know, and that's an all thing. That's not just sports. I mean, like, I think this is y'all's for your wheelhouse. But this mothers. is parenting, marriage. This is dating. Your daughter or your, your son dating somebody and as a mother handling and trying to control that. And what, I mean. Yeah. And even, even as we teach our kids all those, we're teaching them not just the athlete part, but how do you learn those tools yourself? How do you understand the things you control and don't control in all your personal relationships, right? Well, feelings are good indicators. And a lot of times that's what we as humans recognize first, not realizing to what you said, oh, it's coming from a belief I have or a thought I have. So yes, if, if you're feeling anxious or angry or those typical negative feelings, it's revealing something to you that you need to look at. Do I have a wrong belief? Am I thinking about this incorrect? Is my interpretation about this not? Am I not focusing correct? on the wrong yeah. thing? Right? Can I share a story about that happening recently in my uh, life? Please. Yes, let me tell. We so, love stories. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. So, I have a kid that is dating a boy, and because I grew up in the youth group age of you know sex is bad, weight, you know purity, all that the purity it, culture oh, that was the big deal. Is, it scorned me yeah, and don't, many don't, friends. Don't, don't. Yes. Oh, you get married? Do oh, it's all yes. okay? Yes. What? I'm yes. sorry. Just oh, yes, it's, it's very confusing. And it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, she has a crush on a boy. Boy has a crush on her, 
And I kind of went to panic mode. Mm. I went all mm. into like, oh, I'm going to be a grandma. She's going to have sex. The world is over. Like, that's where my head went. How quickly did it go there? Oh, so fast. Uh, Instantly. Wow. Instantly. Yeah. Like, that's because that's kind of how I am and yeah. how I'm wired. So yeah. I have to learn to like, re- I mean, but it took me a good two weeks. Two weeks to talk myself out of being like, oh, I had to reel it in. That's right. And it'd go back out and I'd reel it back in. Go back. Yeah, yeah. And I'd be like, oh, I'm doing it. No. And it was just even little things like, oh, is she talking? Is she texting too yes. much? Or they would have, yes. I mean, I went to panic mode on everything, mm-hmm. every little thing that you could. And then I had to be like, you're being ridiculous. You are absolutely being ridiculous. She is a, she is a great kid. She's been honest. She's been upfront. Why would you not like, what's wrong with having a crush? What's wrong with having a boy like her? What's wrong with her liking a boy? I get to evaluate all of that and then be like, okay, I need to get on board with this. Like, stop this. You're being ridiculous. You're being crazy mom. And I wasn't crazy with her. I was crazy in my head. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure she'd be like, uh-huh, you were a little crazy Which mom. Which has its own uh-huh. ramifications uh-huh. on sleep, uh-huh. on emotional oh, stability. Uh-huh. Oh, I was waking up in the middle of the exactly. night. Exactly. Panicked over yes. things. Like, yes. here's one. I was like, she's probably sending nudes to him or he's sending nudes to her. And I was mm-hmm. like... Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Which is so a real ridiculous. fear nowadays, apparently, that you have to really fear. adjust sure. your belief system yes. to and like understand. Yeah, yes. totally. Well, it was so, I was so ridiculous. It is a real fear in real thoughts mm-hmm. and given predominantly, you know, young people you have worked with and yes. coached, right? Yes. You've seen, You've seen all that. that right? That's right. Yeah. And then were you, I mean, like how easily were you like, no, I raised her right. I trust her. Like uh, how- two weeks. And I still have moments <laughs> where I'm like, it got so bad that she had like a thing on her neck and I was like, she has a hickey oh my gosh she has a hickey and I was like listen like how do I say this how do I ask her about it which when I coach girls yeah. they would walk in yeah and it was the best I loved a good hickey on the neck from a girl because she would try to hide when she it. wasn't your she'd daughter wear, like you know like her <laughs> hair when she wasn't your daughter exactly hair and a ponytail but then she'd have like one this strand one. down or they'd have makeup yeah. on it and yeah. I'd be like wow that curling iron was, exactly. was intense huh and she'd be like oh no I mean it was, yeah it was curling iron I'd be like yeah, your how many suck curling. on your neck let's be honest and they would just be mortified it was so great yeah. he talked it was always great in the gym oh, but yeah gosh. it took me a long time yeah I mean and still in a long time being like maybe last week I was a little bit better but even today I was like okay it's okay it's just every day you have to learn to relinquish control yeah. and not go to crazy mommy yeah. land on you've seen this with other kids is my kid doing this no my kid's not but yeah being alert to go but she might like yeah. i'm not going to count her out because no. you don't know yeah i did some things just growing up i mean i had some crazy some little times built my testimony a little bit in high school <laughs> you know um and I think back at that, and I'm so my prayer is as a parent is always, Lord, just please just show me the things I need to know. Protect my kids when I, I'm not there for the things they do that I don't, and I don't yes. need to know. And that is my constant just, Lord, show me the things I need to know. Show me that, you know, help me to have that balanced side of parenting. Because even if I'm not there, you're there. I did stupid things. My parent, we, those conversations you have when I've had kids and we're all sitting around with my parents and right. I'm like 40 plus And finally I admit, you know, yeah, I did. I, I kind of like took my uniform to work, you know, took other clothes to work. And you thought I was not getting off till really late, but really I went out with the boy and then I changed back into my uniform, in the car before I went in the house, <laughs> you know, I mean, those kind of things. Right. And I'm just like, my parents didn't know, but I think that's I'm, the I'm fortunate that I came out of that unscathed. Yeah. I know not everybody does, you know. Well, but and I think that's what are relatively what unscathed. we want as parents is that as the years roll on, we want them to come to us. We want our kids yes, to come to us do. in those moments of struggle. And I've messed up, mom. Rather than yeah. like avoiding or not telling us, and that kind of relationship begins like elementary school and if you begin to make fun of their struggles then or not teach them then Mm -hmm. you think they're going to come to you Mm -hmm. when they're teenagers or young adults or if that drama that plays out in our head plays out in front of them all the time they'll avoid us too right Mm -hmm. i mean you're going to avoid the 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 crazy mom the mom that like wants control (sighs) your life because she's scared all the time micromanaging yeah micromanaging everything thank you right and it i mean Yes. But we have to push against our tendencies, you know, right? Right. Because we do worry. Mm -hmm. That's that's part of being a Yes. With kids being 22 and 20 now. Yeah. And I've certainly had those conversations with each of them of, you know, I'm thankful that they do come to me when things happen or when they're struggling with something. But I know I don't know everything. Right. I know I don't. Sometimes I hear about way after. Totally. 
And I'm like, all right, mm-hmm. right? Okay, we'll manage through this. We'll get, but I'm, thank you for telling me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you for telling me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny. You said when you, when you pray for your kids, um, when I was in MOPS a long time ago, um, our mentor mom said she would always pray that whatever would happen to the kids, if they made bad choices, yes. it would happen under her roof. Yeah before they would go off to college so they could process. So there was one day last week at spring break, I was just praying about it. And he was like, I'm answering your prayer. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I've been answering your prayer. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, you have like, yeah. I want her to have a boyfriend. I want my kids to go and experience these things and these relationships. And yeah. how do you work through them? And how do we talk about them? And I was like, Oh Lord. Okay. Thank you. Thank yeah. you so much. You're, answer- you're still listening. You're still answering my prayers. And I'm sure there'll be more, but you have to pray over your kids. Yes. And you have to give them constantly, daily to the Lord, especially for the ones that are the micromanagers. I'm not a micromanager at all, but when a situation comes up, I find myself wanting to micromanage. And then I have to be like, okay, stop it. I'm going to micromanage my first grader to the first grade extent. But now that we're in middle school and high school, like it looks different. Well, you know, Josh, as soon as he left home for school, he took himself off 360. Like, you know, and I was like, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. But I'm like, I haven't made him get back on, get back on. Do you want to talk about that? Dad? And mom's <laughs> following their kids. We I just, think that's crazy. It we is, just had I'm that conversation in my family this past weekend. Cause we both, my brother and I both have two senior boys. Yeah. So I was asking my sister-in-law, what are you going to do? Like with that three? Yes. And she goes, oh no, I'm not following him. He needs well, to have a lot. I, like, that is her. She okay, is absolute. Right. But isn't Will that healthy? Can we have a, a discussion yes, about yeah. this? It, it is, because it is one I have mm-hmm. a lot with parents. Yes, because mom's friends will be like, oh, so-and-so didn't get home last night. It, you know, I, I, I know. woke up at 3. I got and they're on. At and they're college. They're college. They vlog it, right? They yes. go in there and look every day. Yes. Well, even when my kids were in high school, I never looked every day. I don't either. The only either. reason why I look, like, for McKenna is because... She's traveling a long distance, yeah. right? And, yeah. I want to, and I'm just kind of yeah. keeping tabs on her. And that was the only reason why I wanted it for Josh in Arkansas. But are you waking up in the middle of the night seeing if he or no, she got home? From I didn't their, even do that's that. That's what I hear a lot school. of people, a lot of moms. Like one thing I was telling my sister-in-law was that I, didn't do I know a lot of moms with college kids. I really don't know any that don't follow their kid. Like that's, they all yeah. do. No. So and you it's need just to, so, you need so what do those moms need to do? And what Stop looking or get off. Okay, but what is that? What happens if they stop looking and get off? Uh, They let their kid live their life. (gasps) What? But what if the one time I'm not looking is the time that they're in a ditch somewhere? Um, Well, more than likely, either somebody's with them or somebody will find them and you will be notified. Which actually did happen with Josh. (laughs) <laughs> well, that's a good example. It so, happened with me on my way home. Before we had cell phones, yeah. I ended up in a ditch well, with my car. Right. You, you, <laughs> yeah. it, it's, so it does he happen. Was, this is when COVID happened, and so he had to go get his stuff in his dorm room and move it all back. So he and McKenna went, mm-hmm. and when they're in the middle of nowhere, Arkansas, the engine blows. Mm. And they're, in, like, nowhere. Wow. And I didn't know because they were in his car. Yeah. <laughs> they weren't. So... Um, he calls me, he's like, we're in the middle of nowhere and, uh, we need AAA we need or whatever. Off, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, and I had AAA and I said, okay, pull your AAA car and mm-hmm. call him. I'll come get you. But he still had a phone. I just think it's, I just am shocked and I, I'm not there. So maybe when I am there, it'll be different. But the moms that follow their kids on 360 at college. Well, well and I remember in college going out, like, I was out till 2 or 3 in the morning. And I was dancing. Yes. You like, sh- it's and okay. I'm like, well, my parents did not know. And I'm, I'm going, I had a life. And so without my parents knowing every bit of it. And that's that part of, Lord, help me know the things I need to know. And help me to be okay giving them to you. Because this is what we forget. Even if I'm not fall, I may fall in 360, but God's with them all the time. Well, and I think that the point we're all making here is, are you walking by faith or fear? Yes. We talk about that all the time. Right. If you're walking, you're walking by fear. If you're looking every day or checking into the log where they've been or what they're going, then you're not walking by faith. And you know what's funny is in this whole COVID thing. I got pushed on that with masks a lot. I walk with faith, mm-hmm. not fear. And I'm like, oh, yeah, right? You follow both your kids every day on 360. <laughs> but you won't wear a mask because that's 
walking in fear. I'm like, yeah, no, that doesn't jive. We're all picking, right? We pick the things we choose to push Mm -hmm. against things we're fearful of. And then we pick the things we don't. Good point. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's different for each person. Yeah. But, and but so, yeah, if you're micromanaging your young adult's life, then you have issues. What, did, what about the young adult that really wants to, the freedom? What about that perspective of going, I don't want my mom to know. How do you have that conversation? Yes. How does that kid go, yeah. Mom, can you not trust me? You yeah. Buy, I might be out till you, three you in the morning. Work and you buy your own phone. Yeah. Well, yeah, and that. that's really kind of precisely what happened with Josh and I. Um, and even in high school, um, Neither one of my kids gave me a reason to not trust them. So I didn't look. Mm-hmm. Right. And then that's why precisely why he's like, do you trust me, mom? Or do, don't you? And I'm like, I do. I do. I know you're going to be faced with temptation. Mm-hmm. And even recently we've had the conversation of like, I, w- I watch you with your friends and you're the one that's the designated driver. About 10 times out of 10. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's got to get hard. Mm, yeah. Right. So, you down. so, you know, and that's when I did hear stories of, yeah. well, okay, there has been the eight out of 10 instead of yeah. 10 out of 10, but cause you're not going to be perfect correct. all the time. And I'm like, I, and, and so reinforcing, I trust you to make good choices mm-hmm. and, and then hearing more about the story, but I made a good choice even in the midst of that. When my friend made a bad choice, I still made a good choice. What about the conversation of, too, with parents of what they're saying, well, what if my kid does this or this? And the conversation of, well, what if they do? Right. You got to believe. Because they might. They might mess up. Does that mean the world is going to end? No, it goes back to what we started talking about, right? You got to let them fall down. Mm-hmm. You got to let them fail. You hope that those failures aren't life-altering consequences. Right. That's the prayer, right? That's the prayer. That's mm-hmm. the prayer. But you right. know they're going to be consequences. Right. Um, and embrace the con. Like it's okay. Correct. Like embrace okay. those. Even if like the worst thing happens of. <sighs> I've had kids lose their scholarship, right? Yeah. For deciding to smoke weed. Yeah. That's a big one. That is hard. Right? Yeah, that's a big one. Yeah. I had an athlete get... And losing a scholarship is a... That's that's a a big deal. (laughs) Yeah. Um, This kid has had a full ride. um, And it got pulled. Mm. Right? For a bad choice. Yeah. Um, Props to that coach for doing that because that doesn't happen. Well, <laughs> and I, you know, level. I've had a kid get booted yeah. from Stanford for one night, one post, one choice that you're not allowed to do in a dorm room mm. and you're out. Yeah. Hello. Right. Life altering. Yeah. But okay. Right. We're, we're, we're going to learn from that. How and did those parents handle that? Uh, actually in both cases, relatively well, very like devastated, Mm -hmm. but I mean, very willing to allow their kid to like figure it out. And, and so that's, that's the whole thing. That's what's going to either destroy your kid or build their confidence. That's right. What about the gap? See, Um, and I, I see that. I mean, that's such a good point because when we were growing up, the social media thing was oh, not God. a deal, right? This kind of one and done mistake, lose your scholarship <sighs> thing because you post something was not happening. So I Correct. feel there's much more there's at stake very quickly, yes. very easily. Right. So I do feel that there's an element of some of us as parents feeling like we're out of our depth. Because we are. We help them not put this kind of there is this feeling like I should micromanage their lives in some way because that one post feeling like there is very dramatic consequences at times even for kids who aren't athletes posting something that can get you expelled well get you expelled or a future job yes yes Um, so like a recruiter that's looking at you for colleges now colleges now have entire teams of people that are looking at your social media to decide if if we want you on our campus or not um and when i i have a whole workshop i do for athletes on social media 
and um, I, I give them very real life scenarios that they work through and, and figure out. Um, I've even one time I was doing a workshop for a bunch of the NFL draft candidates and I just pulled a couple. I'm like, show me your social media. I'm like, pull it up for me for everyone to see. I'm like, you need to get that off there. Because I'm telling you right now, that scout is looking at your social media, mm-hmm. and if it's between you and this guy, and this guy doesn't Does have, have that, that, he's picking the other one. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. I, that I, just makes sense. I, I love, love, love. I have this soundbite from what the Northwestern head coach said, football coach said. He's like, I want a one-day problem, not a four-year problem. Mm. Mm. I do, too. <laughs> Don't we all? Oh, that's so, so good. So, yes, what is being posted on social media and driven on social media is now more important than ever before, Hmm. ever before. And there's really just no other way to put it but that, but just that you do need to be very, very careful and vigilant. And if you're not sure you can be, if you're one that you feel like you're in situations, you tend to get carried away or you tend to get... Opinionated people will struggle with this Then you, Then maybe... That's true. Then maybe you need to know yourself well enough Uh to know you should not have social media. Right? I mean, in the end, is that the kind of game you should put up for yourself? It's provided everybody a sounding board, right, where my opinion matters. Or my opinion mm-hmm. is that valued by somebody. If you get that like. Right. And unfortunately, it, I think it's, it's part of what is driving our culture now that is really unhealthy. Um, it, kids are experimenting more with their opinions, their sexuality, their values than ever before, largely driven by this cultural phenomenon of social media and the cultural influencers. I hate mm-hmm. that that term is, mm-hmm. is used there. And so either they want to be part of the shift or they want to create the, the shift. shift. And we're getting further and further away from godly principles that God says leads to unity and peace. And that's why you see the chaos of today. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's good. Okay. So the little nuggets from today, as we wrap up, there were many. One is confidence is not an emotion. Mm -hmm. It is a belief. The other one is understand what you can control, what you can't control, like the lies you're being told, right? And it sounds like the last one we're kind of ending with is like social media. Like watch yourself. Be careful. If you feel like you're not good at understanding what should go up and shouldn't go up, maybe you don't have it yet. And that's okay, right? I think even telling people, especially kids, they feel like part of how they are known is by having social media, I feel like, half the time. And if they don't have it, they feel like they're totally... Missing out, right? Well, yes. And now more than ever, in essence, they're gen- they're generating or creating their own brand in mm-hmm. middle school. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> and yet they're not mature enough to know what their brand stands for. Or what it means, that that yeah. follows them forever. Yeah. So when we do the workshop, we talk about that. Which is How- why Christian parents, being a parents that believe in Jesus and that are mm-hmm. focused on God and teaching the godly principles to your kid. So that when it even influences what they post, how yeah. they post, and then being like, hey, let's discuss why you post that. Right. What's the intent behind that? Yeah. And praying through our the own context emotionally for us. Like, what are we pulling in from our own, like Christy mentioned, our own backgrounds, our own understanding of yeah. things? Yeah. How are we making sure we're praying through the things that, hey, what do I need to know? What do I don't need to know? There are things about my kid. Maybe I don't need to know, you know? At, at, that's okay. You know, at the age my kids are, I don't need yeah. to know everything. That's right. I don't. And that's yeah. okay. It's okay. Yeah. And you're thriving and doing well just where you're at. I have my moments. But if they don't, like the parents are going to fall apart. They can't function. The moms can't get out of bed because we don't know. We're not controlling. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. But so it's the same thing. We cannot be ruled by our emotions. You yeah. just can't. Or if you are, you're in trouble. Correct. Like you can, I guess, but we're saying if that's what's happening, you're, it's, you're there's probably trouble. probably not you're, doing well. Yes. Why not? If, you, if you're, if you're not <laughs> sure if you do, you should ask your kids and your family. Yes. Am I ruled by, is this house ruled by my emotions? How do you see me? Yeah. Yes. Am I the crazy mom? And if they hesitate, 
Please note. But don't ask that question unless you're willing to listen to the answers without losing your mind. I tell all my college... Control your emotions after you get the answer you don't. What? That's a great point. You're going to get the response you don't like, Uh so what are you going to do with that? If you're controlled emotionally, you're not going to do well. That's right. Because they're afraid to even answer you. So that's why I say if they hesitate, they're going... Oh, yeah, she is, but I don't know how I'm going to say this. What's going to happen? Your kids are not responsible for your emotional well-being. I know you think they are, but they really are not. Your husband's not either. Correct. Yes. You are responsible. Right. Look in the mirror, girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. And don't ever tell your college kids, I miss you. Don't say that. Because now they are going to feel responsible for your emotional well-being. Oh, that's good. I don't say I miss you often. But I, I mean, think that's I, so good. I love I you, do, and I'm I happy you. to see you. But wait till Joel goes off to college. Oh, I'm already working through talking <laughs> about emotional context. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm already working Just through wait. that emotionally for myself because, <laughs> like you. you said, before you think one thing, uh-huh. you get closer and you're going, ooh. I don't think I'm feeling the way I thought I would be uh-huh. feeling. Like, I'm happy for him so much. He's so excited. He's going to A&M, and he's just mm-hmm. like, he's wanted that for so long. Yeah. Um, but I will be dropping him off feeling so happy and bawling all the way home because you're like, there's the reality of missing them, right? But he also is not. You're right. He is not responsible for the fact that you're crying he is growing all the way up home. and my life is being changed while he's entering yes. this exciting, amazing beginning of something that for him I think is I'm hopeful for his future but but my life will be changed from here on out there is a grief differently that that we experience which is normal but again we can't be ruled by it no right our we have transitioned out of being a parent yeah Mm -hmm. to walk an influence so will you come back and tell us phrases or phrases that we should not say to our children sure (laughs) i'm like i've never even thought about saying oh i miss you and then the reasons why the reasons why like i'm like oh i didn't know robbing them of something like that's never even but i don't i'm not a real i miss you person yeah i kind of knew that about you. yeah so i'm like (laughs) that's interesting i mean i know you're gonna be there a lot of parents you are yes and i can think through but i thought oh i've never thought of that as a not being a good thing Yes, and so I'm sure there's other ones that I've never thought of that we I have to want say to though, like I remember, like so, my brother, and my sister-in-law moved away um, a few years ago, and they, my, our kids all grew up together here, mm-hmm. and they moved, and I remember talking to my sister-in-law because we're good, good friends, and I remember having that conversation with her, going, "Man, I miss you," and her saying that too, and like I, that felt good. I mean, like we were yeah. good. That's a so different we, context, but that's right? just it. Yeah. We need to have those contextual conversations. Yes. Like, why is this okay with? Hey, here's a good context for this. Here's a different weight you're putting on it when it's your kid, right? Yeah. So having understanding that difference, I think that would be a good conversation. No, we're coming back. We're <laughs> coming calendar. Let's that do it. That would be a good conversation. <laughs> now that we're leaving everybody with that cliffhanger, they're like, wait, what's uh-huh. the difference? What's what? the difference? You well, you're going to have to come back. So anyway, well, thank you so much for this conversation. Thanks for having Kip, us. we really, really appreciate it. So and fun. So it is so fun. fun. You're, you're just a joy to sit across from. So thank I appreciate you. it. I've enjoyed it very much. Well, until next time, this is Noisy Narratives out, and we will talk to you later. Bye.